episode of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. Our buddy at Kid Wizzle joins us to tell us a little bit about what got him into the watch community, how he and another friend of ours started the Red Bar Cincy group, and then we also dive into horological horrors for our Halloween episode. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. All right, well, welcome everybody to episode 40 of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. This podcast is now over the hill in weeks or episodes so not we're not that old by any means we're not 40 years but 40 weeks 40 episodes however you're keeping track uh because we're we are but we're not i don't know it's weird so (laughs) welcome everybody uh we do have a guest uh as you can tell by the episode title horological horrors with our buddy kid wizzle so kid wizzle uh great to have you on the show hey thanks for having me man long time to see unfortunately even though we're you know yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, I know. We're like so close. Although, like, so we we both had the the Moser uh, through mm-hmm. Zach. Like, it went to you from you to Zach. so like we <laughs> six degrees of separation right there. But yeah, haven't had to do a haven't been able to do a meetup in a while, which is uh, which is unfortunate. But we got you here so we can see you. Not for our listeners because it's an audio medium, obviously, yeah. as we've talked about. Um, but the four of us can see each other. And uh, we usually start with a drink check and a wrist check, as I'm sure you're aware. So what are you wearing and what are you drinking? Uh, right now, wearing the Tudor Black Bay 36. Uh, by happenstance, I just uh, decided to put it back on the bracelet today. So it stayed with me all day long. And uh, simply Jameson. Nice. Nothing fancy. Solid choices. Those are, but I mean, solid choices. <laughs> That's what I'm all about. Yeah. All right, Buzzy. What have you got? All right. Well, my drink for today's episode. I'm still on the beer kick. I got a Bell's Best Brown Ale. I decided that I was going to go with some alliterative alcohol for tonight's episode. When I bought uh, this bottle, it sounded like a, a nice fall drink. And yeah, it's a delicious American brown ale. Uh, my plan is to that if you could replace every pumpkin spice latte sold with one of these frosty boys, the fall would be like five million times better. And fall's pretty great already. Okay, on the wrist. Put on my Seiko SKX009. Funny enough, I also switched out uh, bracelets tonight right before the episode. So it's back on my uh, Gatate, you know, a.k.a. nice, non, non-jingle jangle. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, back on a Super Oyster bracelet. I figured that one commonality, uh, Kid Wizzle's big, big Seiko guy, but all of us have Seikos because we're all members of the Seiko squad. Uh, it's it's a more egalitarian version of the Gucci gang. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, you didn't think Lil Pump was going to come up on this podcast, did you? Well, you were wrong. <laughs> All right, Evan, what's your what are you drinking and what's on your wrist? Well, as it's been for the past, I don't know, God only knows how long. Um, Evan, of course, has a test coming up. So Evan is sticking with the plain old Cincinnati tap water tonight because, of Ooh. course, I have to say somewhat sober, unfortunately. Um, and, you know, tonight, you know, the filter probably needs to be replaced. 
There was some stuff flown in it. Um, found us rolling. I was going to ask it. you about the particle situation. Yeah, the particle <laughs> situation is still there, but it's okay. You know, I kind of just close my eyes and just let it go, man. You know, just let it go. Don't worry about it. Um, you don't have to chew it. Mineral yeah, water. It's not, it's not to that point yet. <laughs> People pay big money for that. Yeah. Just there any, are there any ice cubes in there? Oh, well, I've got ice cubes. Okay. I mean, yeah. that's probably contributing a little bit. Mm-hmm. They're not ball ice cubes. I mean, you know, I'm not that fancy like you guys are. But, uh, uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, plain, simple ice cubes. Um, but on the wrist tonight, I've got a. I am uh, lucky to have the uh, Laurier, um, Laurier Hydra from Spence. Uh, Sides it up. Been wearing it for our work a week watch wrap, which will be coming out soon enough. Um, and let me right say, I love test. that. <laughs> What? Yeah, after the Probably test. Probably after your after, test. <laughs> after the test, everybody. Yeah, give me a break here. Um, yeah, no, this watch, if you've never had a Laurier, the case shapes on these are amazing. Um, and I highly, highly recommend checking them out. Um, really cool micro brand. Plus, the bracelets are top notch as well. Oh, the bracelet's amazing on that one. Yeah. Yep. This watch is, yeah, killer. Well, Spence, what, uh, what about you? Well, uh, just to clarify, you got it from me, but I got it from Lauren and Lorenzo at Laurier. So, uh, yes, yeah. Thanks to them for letting us have a, a loaner watch to hang out with for for a bit. Um, so, I am. We had our our neighborhood block party tonight, so I had a happy amber with me. So I'm I'm working on finishing it because I've got a snack as well, and you can't really wash down like soft pretzels and beer cheese without a beer. So I've got a happy amber. You know, copying Buzz from last week. Uh, can't go wrong with uh, with Madry. I'm also drinking, and, and Spangler, you know, ratted me out. I'm fancy tonight with my ice ball. Uh, I came prepared. Yep. Uh, that way, I don't have to jingle jangle as much. But you can still, you can still hear it on the on the microphone there uh, for our buddy and uh, that bearded Southern gentleman. You know, he, he asked if we added that in. We do not add that in. That is the actual ice ball in the mug or cup. Um, and then on the wrist, uh, I put it back on its bracelet because I hadn't. I don't want to say that I hadn't been wearing it a lot, but like I've kind of been trying to rotate through a lot of stuff. And I go through, I go through phases where I only want to wear one thing, and then I go through phases where I like I stand there and decide, and I try to do the math on well, what I wear this last this instead of just like picking what I want to wear. Um, and I put the SPB one four nine back on its bracelet, and even though it's not the best bracelet I've ever worn by Seiko standards, it's still a pretty good bracelet. Um, and it just, there's something about the added heft to a dive watch with the bracelet on it. So got the one four nine on the bracelet back on the wrist and I've worn it for like the last three days. And like this thing is, I mean, I have, yes, there could be a stronger click on the bezel, but like, I mean, I still like this thing is about as perfect as a watch can get. And I think it just wears phenomenally well. And you can, I will fight you if you disagree with me. So, <laughs> so uh, before we get into pugilistics here, yes. Uh, so, how many people in Red Bar Cincy have bought one of these SPBs? It's up to three or four, right? Well, are we including Spangler with his Willard, which is a that's an SPB, but it's a one five, not a one four. I think we should yeah. include that. So it's me, Spangler, Dustin. Nick, but now I think Nick sold it to John. Yeah. Didn't Dustin Rick. sell his too? Dustin doesn't have his anymore either, but he had it, so yeah. I'm counting it. Okay, I, that's five. <laughs> I've got five. I've got a full hand of people who bought like the Seikos. Um, so strong year. I don't know. 
It's been a strong year. Well, and yeah. we talked about it. Like I've had a quite a few watches come in and of the watches I've had come in and spoiler alert, there's still one coming that we'll get to eventually. But four of my watches have been Seiko's and or my one grand Seiko limited edition. So like I've gone down a Seiko rabbit hole in the last six months and it's a way more affordable rabbit hole to go down <laughs> than a lot of other ones. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Amen. But uh, and I know, I know we'll use that as a segue. I know Kid Wizzle's a big Seiko guy. So uh, Kid Wizzle, we, we know, we know you tell our listeners a little bit more about what you got, what got you into the hobby, you know, kind of, kind of what a little bit of what's in your collection, kind of what you wear daily. And then uh, your experience with Red Bar Cincy. Okay. Um, as, as far as the, you know, the start of all this, you know, I've always had a sort of a relationship with watches. You know, I'd wear one for a year. I wouldn't wear one for a year, you know, just off and on. And it was always, you know, fashion based or something like that. But I mean, I'm talking even as a, a kid, like where my mom would put one in an Easter basket or something like that, a Casio of some sort. Um, and I can actually narrow it down to a specific day that, that sort of <laughs> snowballed into everything else. Um, strolling through a Macy's and, you know, they always have their watch counters out. I'd always peruse by. And for the first time ever I saw it, I remember it was a Kenneth Cole skeleton dial, whatever watch. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and you know, I, I'd never, I didn't even know a watch movement. I didn't know anything about it. Um, and I I asked to see it and, you know, watch the little gears turn and whatnot. And I just said, yeah, we're, we're, we're taking this one. So, you know, I, I bought it, I took it home, uh, and got a little bit more curious about it and the inner workings and, that led me to, you know, the internet, which took me pretty quickly to Warn and Wound. And that was about all she wrote. You want to talk about like an overrepresentation of Seiko in a collection, they're they're largely to blame. Uh, and you know, if you, <laughs> if you start there, you ultimately end up at Hodinki and uh Fratello and anywhere like that. So um the tastes got expanded, the knowledge got expanded, and now I'm uh, you know, a total lunatic about it so <laughs> which is not a bad thing no you're willing to talk on a podcast to random people that you met at a, at a bar in kentucky one time for our red bar cincy group um about watches on a saturday night now granted it's saturday night in covid so there's not much else we can do but uh right yeah <laughs> yeah uh yeah beyond that it just uh i don't even i i had an instagram and I don't, I don't know what made the shift for me to start taking pictures of my watches. I remember finding, uh, you know, just looking up watches or whatever and seeing TikTok and just being oh, like, yeah. oh man, I, you know, I, I'd never seen a Rolex sub or anything like that. And his pictures were great. Um, so, you know, I started trying to copy them basically. And, uh, you know, ultimately moved up to a, a fancy, you know, a Canon camera and, I don't know. Just kept taking pictures like that. So, um, and you know, you know how it works with the social media. You start, you know, getting DMs from people relatively close and, uh, met a couple guys that were closer and, and, you know, we knew about red bar and, uh, uh, the watch historian, Jason, who was yep. the first one. We, we, we talked, uh, about, you know, let's start, let's start one here. So literally me and him went to, you know, Covington, just south of Cincinnati and met at a bar and brought a handful of watches. And I mean, we all had, uh, you know, Seiko's and one, and a Speedmaster. <laughs> we both just showed each other our Speedmasters. And, uh, but yeah, it started from there. And then I, I, it's been a while, man. It's been years. So, you know, we, Zach came from, you know, Cincy Strapco and Nelson, um, 
sale. I can't remember his handle. Sale nine four four or something like that. Nine one four. I don't know. He's gonna be mad now. But yeah, uh, yeah. We, we started meeting up <laughs> as a smaller group. And, uh, expand. Dustin came along eventually. You know, we met some other people who have come and dropped out. Um, and then you guys came with like a flood of people um, because we had the Instagram. Mm-hmm. We never really used it. You know, we kind of had our little group, and uh, we didn't catch a lot of interest for the group so we kind of you know just stagnated for a while and then one day i got a dm from uh the new york red bar saying hey people are reaching out to us to get to you and i was like Guilty. oh my bad. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, i checked the dms and there was about you know 14 in there so uh you know over the over a short order of about the next two months we had you know 5 10 15 new members and you know we are where we are today which is still you know I don't know, 20 on a good day, but better than four. Oh, yeah. And I mean, the, the, the few times that I know I've been there, Spangler has yet to make it to one because he's yet to be in town when we've had one. But Buzzy's been to a couple yeah. and mm-hmm. it's it's quality. It doesn't have to be quantity. Plus, there's there's always there's always so many watches. I and mean, we've had we've had people come from out of town, uh, yeah. friends of friends, which have been fun. I mean, it's, it's been a good group. And I can remember like you, you joke about like that. So the three of us were trying to figure out like, Hey, is there a red bar one in Cincinnati? If not, do we need to start? Like, how do we do that? And they say, like, Oh, there is one. And then uh, I feel like the, the genesis of my Instagram handle was to try to get an invite to the like the first red bar meetup that you guys had had in a while in like September of last year. And I had to message you, I remember specifically I had to message you on Facebook because I had not posted anything on Instagram yet. That's <laughs> I was trying to figure thing, out where it know? was. Yeah. Yeah. We had the count, we get these DMs. I get a, a DM from ABC123 and they've oh, yeah. never posted yeah. a picture. They have four followers and they go, Hey, I want to come hang out with you and all these guys with all of your most prized possessions. How's that sound? And I'm like, yeah, you know, kind of got to vet just somehow. So, you know, it, it's, it's a hard job. No, I get it completely. But so that's why I was like, it's, it's okay. I'm just going to do it on Facebook. Cause then he'll see that like, it's me and my wife holding the baby and like, he'll be okay with that. <laughs> that's my Facebook profile picture. You're so spot on. You have no idea. I, like I'll look back and I'll be like, <laughs> Did he just rip these family pictures and start his account six months ago? Yeah, he's been a family man for years, you know, so it's hard to really bring to us. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how that all that all worked out. So yeah, so a, 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 a Kenneth Cole, that is that is a an impressive I mean you've come Top a long on. way. Yeah. <laughs> who, yeah. Who who knew that that would be the gateway drug? To, to get you into to the watch hobby, which is obviously a, a super inexpensive hobby. And then <laughs> the double whammy, the double whammy, because that's not good enough. You have to go start taking excellent pictures of these watches. So then you get to fall down the photography rabbit hole and, you know, torture yeah, another cool. pile of money. What I thought was a $200 watch turned into, uh, you know, much, much more. So. <laughs> Uh, that's that's uh that's pretty good that is pretty good um so i mean i i, I like so anybody who is who has followed you knows that you take phenomenal pictures of your collection i guess well how did you get into like the photography aspect of it because like i i can't do half the stuff that you like your your pictures are are amazing 
And I, I don't even want to know what goes into because I know you post at least once a day. I don't even want to know. Like, I don't even know where you find half the props you put in there. Um, it's impressive. Like it, like we talk about copying TikTok. Yeah. Like I, the three of us, I think, try to copy you loosely <laughs> as far as the, uh, the red bar group. Uh, yeah. Well, thanks. That's flattering. <laughs> um, I like, I wish I could sit here and say like, Oh, well, I, I had a huge passion for it. So I started looking up and talk about F stops and apertures and stuff like that, but I literally <laughs> fell ass backwards into it. I don't know anything really about photography. Like, I mean, you know, I've learned the composition, I've learned exposure and stuff like that, but I barely know how to operate my own camera. Um, and then I say that, and then in the same breath, I'll say, my dad is a professional photographer. So <laughs> that helped a little bit. You know, I, I bought a Canon and uh, I brought it to him because he shot Canon. And I said, hey, will you set this up for me? You know, I bought a macro lens and literally I went to Best Buy and I, I asked the guy, I said, I'm trying to take pictures of watches. And he was like a photography student who happened to be working at the camera spot at Best Buy. So he was super into it and set me up with a macro lens. It's literally the only lens I have. I don't even have a normal lens. It doesn't function as a camera <laughs> other than you know for my Instagram watches. so um but yeah just uh trial and error and exposures and getting advice from you know pops here and there and um just slowly getting better and I, it's funny because you never quite crest like every time i look back six months i get the memories or whatever and i'm just like god you're trash you know and i know i'm gonna feel like that in six months <laughs> you know uh, you see, that's that—that's that, that's also a power move, right? Oh, I only have a macro lens, so you can't press me into service at the family reunion to take good <laughs> pictures of everyone. Yeah. Great pictures of everybody's watches. <laughs> <laughs> like having the truck that everyone leans on you to move, and you're like, nah, I don't know how you get around that, but <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So I'm supposed to just keep talking. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so I know that uh, you're obviously you're heavy into uh, to Seiko's, and you've got some pretty uh, cool mods. Um, when did you get into doing the mods? Um, I think the only serious thing I've really done was pretty recently. Um, I am into Seiko, but it's just by virtue of being into value for money just mm -hmm. kind of across my entire life. It's just something that, I mean, I don't know. It just pleases me. So, yeah. um, I did, I bought a, you guys familiar with Maritech? Yeah. Yeah. Like the yeah. government issued sort of, you know, whatever I found, like I said, one wound They they were all about it back in the day. So I bought one and, uh, I was like, would this be cool if it was black? So I ended up finding a guy motor city Watchworks, obviously Detroit, um, that was doing seracoding for all kinds of stuff like that. And I had him make it black for me. Um, so that was probably my first foray into, you know, actually customizing a watch. And then um, I've always wanted to mess with my Seikos, you know, make one black, something like that. But uh, never really had the gall to do so. Um, because it, it was always so hard. Like you look up, like, how do you do it? And they're like, oh, Yobu, Yobu Keys or Degas watches. And it's like, how do you order? And it's like, well, you have to like get a tour browser and email them. And like, it's just so, there's no like click it, add it to the cart. But uh, more recently I found, uh, I bought a ceramic bezel or a coin edge bezel and a ceramic insert for my turtle, the S775 with the gilt accents. Um, 
but yeah, I just stumbled across it on Instagram, saw that they had them, saw some pictures of their watches, and just kind of said, I want my watch to look like that. So, got it. Um, literally crushed it onto my watch. Like, I just pried you know, <laughs> the metal off with a knife and smashed it on top of a book to get it on, and it worked. So, it's, it's uh, not a delicate operation. <laughs> How many times during during that operation were you thinking, what the heck did I get myself into? Well, I made the horrible mistake of uh, just saying, I got this. No big deal. First thing I do, <laughs> I have two pieces. I got a bezel and I got a bezel insert. Well, obviously, I know what has to happen here. So I stuck the bezel insert in. And then I was like, you know what? Before I get too crazy with this, I'm going to um, look on YouTube. And the first thing they said was, do not put the insert on before you put the bezel on <laughs> because there's no way it's going to line up perfectly. Um, so I, what could I do? It was on and I put it on and it fits perfectly. I can't believe it. Like it was just total stroke of luck. It just lines up bang on. So, well, if it was misaligned, I mean, Seiko's <laughs> it would be OEM, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I joked one time with somebody who's like, I was like, he had like, they, they had all the SKX. He's like, let's see all everybody's, how bad everybody's is misaligned. And somebody said, mine's perfect. I was like, well, it's a fake then. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know it's fake is it's not lined up right. <laughs> it's not off. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it would come, when it comes to Seiko's, that has to be misaligned bezel. And you also have to be able to buy one at Macy's or Kohl's and get it at a discount around the holidays. I feel like that also yeah. a nice recraft or something. Yeah. It's part of the oh, charm. Yeah. <laughs> I got my orange yeah, samurai. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Christmas shopping, it catches your eye. Ooh, forget about it. <laughs> I have a 007 and a 009. Uh, and I'm just like, together, these could be perfect because the bezel action on the 009 is so perfect. But on the SKX, the 007, it's, it's, it's super stiff. And then the chapter <laughs> ring is perfect on the 007, but not so much on, you know, can never hit it quite right. Yeah. Yeah. The, a joke. Go ahead, Buzz. Some of those parts are the equivalent of the Monday morning cars uh, off of the line at uh, the big three. For everyone's hungover <laughs> from the weekend. Yeah, close enough. Well, you know, the best part about, and I don't know, Spang, I'm trying to remember, I don't think yours has it either, but how they got around the chapter ring on the 149 and all the new 62 Mastery editions is there isn't one there. So it can't be misaligned if it doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait, let me see. I can probably grab mine real quick. Yeah. The chapter, chapter ring. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, there was no chapter ring. Perfect. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they figured uh, it out. They did. Well, we should probably get back into the main topic, right, yeah. Buzzy? We should. We should. So, okay. Guys, did, did you ever watch the TV show, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yes. Absolutely. No. Evan, probably a little <laughs> Evan's young. Evan's too young. That's okay. It's not, it's not your fault. That's right. It's not your fault. So for everyone that's out of the loop on this, it was a show on Nickelodeon in the nineties where high schoolers would meet up in the woods and tell ghost stories around the campfire. And for this 
40th episode, this Halloween episode, we're going to shamelessly knock them off (laughs) (laughs) with submitted for the approval of the listeners of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. I call this story Horological Horrors. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that, Lord. Thanks, man. So I, I will I will start the horological horrors. Go right ahead. We love we love to to wear watches, but there's nothing worse than scratching your watch against a textured brick or stone wall. I had a friend who did this to his newly purchased bluesy in Las Vegas oh. the very day that he bought it. Wait. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean that's that's like hitting hitting your normal watch on the kitchen counter times a, a thousand. Oh my goodness. It's like the guy who buys the Bugatti Veyron and then wrecks it like it, before it hits ten on the odometer. Yeah. <laughs> the, the brick is particularly horrifying because it's like you could do a two inch rub and it's actually a thousand glancing blows because it's so textured. Yeah. 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 That's uh, that's rough. It was. I talked to a friend Ryan out of buying a bluesy because I'm like, Ryan, any Rolex watch that has polished gold on it. There's no reason. There's no point. It's like, you're going to scratch it the hell and back on a desk. So I can only imagine (laughs) that. What a wall did to that watch. <laughs> I can only imagine that. Well, the, the, the thing was that that was in, in the past enough that like, by the time I had met, met this guy, like it just kind of blended in, right? This was a, a well-loved daily driver uh, of his. Um, so kind of, kind of mad respect as far as I'm concerned that, to just, yeah, what the hell? Keep going with it. No use crying over spilled milk, or yeah, maybe it gave it like a bark. T- it gave it like a bark look. You know, you just wanted to like take a look at <laughs> a vintage one. <sighs> That's right. All right, I've got, I've got just this. I'm going to go in a different direction. Can we just talk about wood watches for a second? <laughs> no, <laughs> like, I don't. Why? <laughs> Just why, guys? That's the like, perfect question. <laughs> it really is. It's the perfect question because I have akin to a wooden car. It's like this has been solved. We know the perfect material. You're you're going backwards. It's it's we we evolved past this. I don't I don't understand it. Like I mean, wood grain is cool. like, and I get if you're like, and Buzz, you you're into woodworking. Like, I you am get, a woodworker. Like, like, yeah. Like, but like, why not a watch, right? Like, Mm-mm, that makes never. no sense. <laughs> never. I mean, the only thing I could be close with is if the rest of the watch is steel or some metal or whatever, like maybe the dial. But like, I don't even think that's a good idea because like, I just, it, I don't know. Like, I, like, oh, firewood. Yeah. <laughs> did they do that? Did they make a wood dial at one point? Yeah. They did? Shit, yeah. I did not know that. <laughs> what were like yeah. were normal dials rationed during the Great War or something? Like the Kaiser <laughs> took all of the normal dials. I'm, 
I'm almost 100% confident they made a wood dial. Okay, you need to look that up. I mean, I know the, they did the bark day dates, which are cool, but for a different reason. But like, and that's, oh God, I have another like story off of this. So like I have a friend and I doubt, of course, she, like if she listens to this podcast as the first one she listens to, like, sure hope not. Anyway, but <laughs> Buzz, you know, who, you know, you know who I'm talking about. You do. Mm-hmm. Um, so like she, she knows that we have the podcast and she's like, she's not into what like, most females aren't into watches. Not just, like, there are some females who are obviously, um, and I'm glad that they're in the hobby. But like my, my, my wife's and she's my friend who I play softball with her. She's like, you're just like, you're in. And then, so she sent me down this rabbit hole of, Oh, I, I saw this brand at a, a it's I'm, this, this horological horror is like people who aren't into watches who find out that you're into watches and try to recommend stuff to you. And I was like, just no, just no. <laughs> One of them was a brand that like makes like knockoff Timexes for Target. And I was like, no, that's not it. And then I get a picture like from on one Saturday, hey, this is something I could get into. And it's somebody wearing a wooden watch. And I was like, just no, (laughs) just (laughs) this is not, not the same thing. (laughs) That's what you're thinking right now. Just stop. Just don't, just just stop. Don't message this. Don't send this to me. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and, and and that's that's very, it, it's cool that, that that people want to get involved or demonstrate interest, right? But by by the way, I do want to go back a, a little bit uh, earlier. No wood in cars anymore. I think that the it's official. Kid Whistle is against the Morgan uh, three wheelers out of the UK. <laughs> I, 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 Waiting for that. (laughs) (laughs) Frame wood or something crazy like that. It is Uh, too. Like, yeah, it's the frame. It seems like of all the things to do is a terrible idea. So yeah, for those keeping score at home, I've brought up both Lil Pump and uh, Morgan's Morgan Three Wheelers. (laughs) Well done. That's what you call range. Um, (laughs) Anyway, yeah, a wooden watch. So I'm I'm a woodworker, so I'm going to opine on on this. Number one, uh, no thanks. Just just no thanks. Wood is really good at doing the things that it's meant to do. As it being a watch case or a bracelet, oh my God, that's not one of them. You're talking short grain. You're talking what sort of finishes are you going to put on it? You know, would you have to like touch up the lens, your watch with linseed oil every now and then? You're, you're probably using polyurethane. You're, you're not shellacking that thing. Shellac comes off and it gets exposed to too much water. And then you're going to get your wrist all sweaty your wrist is going to be a shellacked up mess which is a shame because a french polish might look nice on it and that that's woodworking not hour not half hour that's woodworking half minute all right if you if if you've got a a wealth of knowledge about woodworking then i'm going to test a hypothesis with you so there's a large cross-section between like an edc sort of um you know thing and and, and watches they they go hand in hand so when i think about wood in an aec format I, it lends me back to like uh the chris reeves knives the sabenzas and stuff like that where they'll have a snake wood inlay or a uh box elder burl on i i mm-hmm. they, they put wood inlays in the watches is there room for some sort of really elite wood in a 
bezel insert or anything like that? Can we think of it? Can we justify it? So yeah, I, I could see I could see some really figured, gorgeous stuff, and you know, a, a dial. I think I think that you could come up with something cool there because number one, it's going to be protected from the in, from the environment, and I, you could do you could do some awesome work there. But I a, a case, a bracelet. No, 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 thank you. Uh, and, you know, by the way, like all that, like really gorgeous, highly figured stuff that looks like super great, super exotic, like the wood dust on all that stuff will like kill you like dead. Uh, so I, I pretty much <laughs> screw around with like cherry and pine. I'm, I'm pretty, uh, pretty boring man in that uh, respect. <laughs> So while we're still on this brief topic on wood watches, um, did anybody notice that our buddy Rick put a wood watch wrap yes. on? <laughs> I was like, "Oh yeah, you're just you're just teeing me up for this episode." <laughs> I liked that strap though. It was a cool looking what? strap. That's actually but... super cool. Explain it to me. I don't understand. Is it? It's not the print. We're saying there's literally wood fiber in this strap. I think wow. so. Because it, it looks like wood, but yeah, you know, I, I, I'm like, is it wood like, grain, like an, a fake alligator grade on like a leather strap? You know, I don't know. I just feel like you could break it so easily. Like, right? It's wood. Like, if it's that thin and it can conform to your wrist, I feel like if I just go like the other direction, it's going to break. I, I think it had to be on some sort of a substrate. And I, I can't speak to the, the merits of being able to handle how well it drapes or or any of that stuff but i thought that the pattern itself was very cool it was i just i don't know i think we have to know. pitch zach to make a an oak nato <laughs> i like it <laughs> that'd be pretty good <sighs> oh right. well we're on this topic before before we head off Rolex did make wood dialed watches okay all right. Uh, in the in the odd, you know, odd Cellini lines back in the day, but primarily with the day dates. I can see that. Well, well, yeah. well that's really all you weird. had to say. I'm on high beast, so I'm 100% on board now. <laughs> <laughs> by, by any chance, was this during the war? Like, did the Kaiser really take all of the normal watch dials, or is this just going to be an urban legend we invented? <laughs> I know. Oh, no, I'm I'm gonna stick with that. That's what I'm gonna tell people. For all the people that ask me about Rolex wood dialed watches. I'm gonna tell them that. It's a thing. Don't worry about it, guys. You can find it. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> what have you got for us, Kid Whistle? Well <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's such a it's such a, you know, a bunt, but diesel, I mean yeah. Yep. <laughs> Dinner plates for your wrist. <laughs> it's remarkable to look at some of them. So they're pushing the boundaries of, of what even can be like of, of watch clock. I mean, it is absolutely <laughs> absurd. Like over 60 millimeters. I think we can all agree that the sweet spot's right around 40. And if you have smaller wrists, you know, you can get away with 35. If you have larger wrists, you can get away with 44. But 60, 67. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> only the brain. 
<laughs> Only oh, the brave, God. yes. It actually yeah. says that on one of their watches. <laughs> it does, along with all of the other superfluous adornments where you have a 67 millimeter face on this watch and there's 32 sub dials like to tell the time on a dime sized portion of this enormous watch is so uh, yeah yeah we're looking at a few of them they'll put crown guards on a chronograph like you would have to sh- have shorn off your chronograph pusher for the crown guard to function. You know, it's just it, it's it's designed for the sake of adding things, not for functionality. Obviously, I mean, they know too, but yeah. And uh, I can add to the the ludicrousness of diesel watches because I actually saw one uh, when I was in Macy's one day when I bought my turtle last year. I saw it. And they look like small hockey pucks. It was unbelievable. <laughs> I saw it. And I thought it was a joke. I thought it was like a. Like a, a I don't want to say travel clock, but it could be a travel clock. It was that big. It was honestly that big. So you know, I don't know where like Kojinki or whatever that one brand is that got their ideas from, but like, <laughs> I don't. I don't want to make assumptions on this podcast. It's the last thing I want to do. But you know, um, but yeah, no, those diesel watches. The one I saw, it was. It was something else. I I was shocked when I saw it. I think I sent you guys a photo of it actually too. Maybe I didn't. Know. I think you did. Yeah, it was massive. <laughs> it's like my phone I mean, automatically blocked it. <laughs> uh, so, uh, here is a loosely related one. Uh, when you have some watch with a chronograph like layout but it's not a chrono at all and it's like a day of the week on a sub dial and, and other <laughs> superfluous stuff i bought one of them right this that it's uh i'm guilty right of it but uh maximum cringe uh on that one it's uh it's it's a rough way to go through I can t- life. I can top that. I can top that. And I, I will give full credit. This is one of my wife's contributions to the podcast, but she did it like five months ago before we even did thought about this episode. She sent me a picture of a watch, again, department store from Macy's. And it was the International Concepts, one of their house brand. Like, everybody everybody who shops at Macy's, has seen it, it's like, oh, this looks really cool. But you're like, oh, it's like, oh the quality is not exactly the best on this because it's it's the Macy's like low end brand. Um, they make watches that you can buy. They're $49.99 on sale for 20 bucks. So like, like an Invicta, but even cheaper um, <laughs> where it's a chronograph and it has pushers that I guess could be crown guards because they're not functional. <laughs> and it has sub dials that are, including the hands, are painted on. <laughs> the dial it is a hand oh. quartz movement with fake chronograph pushers and chrono it's a chronograph style watch Ooh, <laughs> like that's uh that is a different level it's like i want something that looks like a chronograph but like i don't really ever need to time anything but like i need the pushers there so that like people think it's a chronograph from a distance but like i don't i don't want to actually have to push the buttons <laughs> all the so sudden 
Yeah, all of a sudden, guys, I feel way better about that Invicta that I bought with the uh, Davis <laughs> play on the sub dial. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like the opposite of, uh, you know, sort of the respect that comes from Halios or uh, the Mark II brand where you're like, okay, here's a micro brand that's made by a watch guy for watch guys. And we really appreciate that. Where this is like a watch made by someone whose only experience is having a watch explained to them over the phone. Like they don't, <laughs> they don't actually have a functional knowledge of a watch. <laughs> that is accurate. <laughs> It just like it just like it, I, people must buy them because why else would you make these things? Absolutely. And, and it was also like forty nine millimeters too. Hmm. So uh, not only is it a chronograph, but it's a chronograph. <laughs> <laughs> all ex, all, you can't all argue cap. with the value. I mean, going back to what you said about Invicta, you know, they're, they're selling $3,600 watches for $35. I mean, they're just hemorrhaging money, apparently. Hey, mine has Swiss quartz, okay? That, uh... <laughs> Swiss made, check. Oh, Plus, if you're looking at dollar per millimeter size, you're probably getting a pretty good deal on it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, just it's just like, like a dollar per sub dial from last uh, last episode. <laughs> yeah, that's so what Muzzy we was gonna say. That's what we call a callback. <laughs> Dollars per sub dial. Well, inside baseball here, but that's a callback. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, I guess I can uh, bring up some uh, some stuff. Anybody Go else for it. Anything Go right for now? It. Well, this this was alluded to last episode, so if anybody remembers. Um, but I'm a bracelet guy through and through. I love them. Um, if I can find a bracelet option for a watch, I'm totally gonna do it. Um, just take just my, my way to buy a watch. My, yeah, yeah. Like also, before I get into this, yes, it's don't buy a watch if it comes with a bracelet and you like buy the leather option or the strapped option. Just don't do it, please. Don't do it. That just makes me cringe on the inside. Okay. People do that. Guys, it's so much cheaper to yeah. buy the, the 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 strap aftermarket than it is the bracelet yes. aftermarket. Yes. I, oh my I, goodness! 100%. Like the two hundred dollars you're gonna save if you want the bracelet is gonna cost you five hundred dollars if you want to buy the bracelet. Yeah. <laughs> I found a single instance of an inefficiency in in, in this pricing setup. Okay. And it, this goes to our favorite brand where the normal market dynamics don't exist, Doxa. Doxa's uh, silicone uh, strap with the deployant is actually more expensive than their metal beads of rice bracelet on their, I think it's their sub 300. I, I get their model names all mixed up, but like the one that I want. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think that uh, deployants with uh, silicone like straps are just such a flex. Uh, so if I wanted to go all in, the smart play there is to actually buy it on the silicone, which I think is slightly cheaper than than the bracelet, and then mm. just pick up the bracelet aftermarket. Although the, um, it was out of stock the last time that I looked. So, yes. Only one uh, exception there. 
that, that the proves rule. the rule. Huh. Well, I've been all over the recently. Yeah, I've, I've been looking at those docs at 300s, and it's, you know, they're crazy affordable for what they are. And, and you know, I know I only stumbled across them because of people complaining that the rug was pulled out from them from buying the Aqualung version that was like the 50th anniversary or whatever it was. And then they basically just reissued it a couple, or maybe a year later with all these colors. Um, but yeah, I, I did notice what you said like that. I, I was like, if I got this and um, buy it on the bracelet and find the strap, I couldn't find a, an area where they sold like the strap independently, the silicone strap or whatnot. But but yeah, it was it was very similar in price. Yeah, I just pulled it up and the uh, bracelet um, by itself is two ninety, and the rubber strap with folding clasp is four forty. Ooh. So they had no. just a plain rubber strap option. So I'm not sure whether the stock clasp fits on both. Um, yeah, so something to explore if you are if you are in the uh, the market for the the stock. So. And also to know that it, because it's on the DOXA website, information is going to be very difficult to find. Okay. Also, maybe some a topic for this episode: the Doxa website. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can include any major brand's website. Ugh, Rolex. <laughs> that nightmare of a website. You can't even find anything on that site. Like, come just, on! Like, just, I just want to find just, a sub. Uh, well, I got another. <laughs> no, I got another one later. But talk about your Panerai bracelets. <laughs> okay, let's just let's just ruin the whole build up there. Jeez. <laughs> Uh, by the way, before we leave, <laughs> leave it, Kid Wizzle, uh-huh. you may have dodged a bullet not getting an Aqualung because then you'd have Jethro Tull in your head 24-7, just walking Very around true. with that thing. Very true. I gotta say, though, I do love those Aqualungs, but I'll get into the story here, even though Spence already ruined it. Um, <laughs> I love bracelets. I love them. Love them to death. Always buy them if you can with the watch. If not, find a cool-ass secondary market one or secondary you know, uh, reseller to buy one from or just buy one from like an aftermarket brand. Do it 100%. That's what I do. Um, but there's one brand, and again, Spence ruined it, um, <laughs> that I would never in my life, even if it came OEM from the factory, I would never, ever wear it on a watch, and that's Panerai's bracelets. <laughs> now, I understand, right? In watch design, making bracelets is probably one of the harder things to do. To make an original bracelet, like, there's not much you can really do with that. But come on. If it's a bad <laughs> bracelet, just don't make it. Like, someone's got to, like, realize in that R&D department, like, hey, guys, like, the one, like, out, outlier, like, guy that's, like, actually thinking straight is probably, like, hey, guys, you know, these probably aren't the best idea in the world. But, you know, I don't know what they do in Italy, so... I guess, you know, they just kind of went with it. And here we are with that monstrosity of a bracelet. So thanks, Panerai. Thanks for that. For ruining all of your watches with bracelets on. They look disgusting and you should feel bad about yourselves. <laughs> Very spooky. Very spooky, though. I, I remember. Okay, my rant? So I, I, at some point, I, I really do think that I, I will buy a Panerai. I, I think they're sweet. But like most people, especially ones that got into the hobby via the like poor man's watch forum, watch you seek, like 
you know, very uh, uh, every man's sort of uh, outlets. Yeah, I've I've cruised around looking at uh, Parnasses and Marina Militaires quite a bit. And the first time that I ever saw one of those with the bracelet, I was flabbergasted. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, were were these resellers taking some liberties with the bracelet that normally goes on? Like, is this a thing to evade customs or something? Um, I was amazed that that was the actual design. (laughs) A little rough. They're, it's like it's the only sign that I'm actually just averted from looking at with a bracelet on. I just I don't know. I don't know what it, it's just so bad in so many ways. It was one of those things I think when I first not like first got into the I'd been in the hobby for a while and I was like, oh yeah, no, like like there are just some brands that don't do them, and then all of a sudden I saw a Panerai and I was like, wait, Panerai makes bracelets? Like that's a that's a thing they do? And then I saw it as like, oh but maybe they shouldn't. <laughs> they're, just, they're just not good. They're just really not good. No, no it's so, uh, so bad. So bad. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, but, there's good garish and bad garish, right? Like they're, they're rubber straps with the Oficina Panerai on them. Like that's garish, but it's good garish. I kind of like it. I like that swagger, right? It's a flex. <laughs> it is. It's yeah. such a flex. Yeah. Total brand flex. <laughs> For sure. I got, I mean, I got one. If we're, you know, you coughed Rolex a couple of times. Can we talk about how in the last year, uh, Rolex, instead of shipping their ADs watches, shipped them inserts to put in the case where the watches should go because they aren't shipping them watches. (laughs) (laughs) If you notice your AD, the spot where watches would have been like, you know, they have like the felt things where the watches sit on the little pillows and all that. They actually sent them some that looked like little waves to put in there. Cause like, yeah, you're not getting watches for a while. So just put this where they would go so that it doesn't look like you're missing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty bad. I'll, I'll, just make, yeah, watches. I'll, I'll, just make watches. <laughs> what's even better is that, um, of course I was talking to our friend, uh, Blake down at RMP. And yes, they do get those, but they also got shipped uh, display cases with smaller number number of slots for watches in them. Yep, which that, is that also yeah, <laughs> even better. Thanks, Rolex. Thanks so much. Not, that way, I'm they don't have to ship you as many uh, fillers. Yeah, I'm not getting the long term. Like it's been years now that we've been complaining about this, and I understand the whole, you know limit supply increased demand you know sort of metric of it but at this point it's almost like they're making limited they're getting the limited edition benefit without actually making limited editions like oh you're not gonna be able to get those you know what i mean it's just i, I don't know i i, I the, their brand has so much equity um i don't understand why i really don't think they would ruin their market or hurt their market in any way if they just supplied watches for people to wear it's advertising I mean, what do I know? Listen to me. I'm just some guy criticizing world life, but it's frustrating. <laughs> it's just, it's one of those things where you're like, I mean, are you, are they trying to like up their prices? Because like, I know they've had a price increase, but that was the first price increase they'd done in like five or seven years. So like it was, I, I just like, if you're trying to make the move up market, 
like just like can we just get it over with and like just price it where you think it should be priced because that's the annoying thing is anything that happens on the secondary market they don't benefit from like Mm -hmm. from a financial perspective so like i would get it if you were like every year increasing your prices to the point where like a sub now costs like 13 grand versus you know whatever a no date sub costs like i feel like that's like close to eight like just keep just keep jacking your prices up and then eventually supply the watches and then you will you will get the customer you want you will make the money you want but like the fact that everything is so fake scarce or scarce or whatever they exist on the secondary at 2x retail you can't go and get it like it just it's it's in, like it just it blo- i don't understand the strategy behind it versus like i mean i don't want to say i kind of get what patek is doing with the nautilus to a degree but it's like They've always like they're Patek, so they've kind of they're always they've always kind of been. My hand is over my head. They're like kind of at the top. They've always <laughs> kind of been perceived as the top watch brand. So like they only want to make so many Nautiluses a year. That's fine. You know, there's only going to be so many. But like Rolex has always kind of been known for its sport watches, and it's like, oh, we're not going to make as many of these. And it's like, yeah, but but why? Like, why are you not? I, I mean, I don't know. I don't I don't get their strategy there. It- so. And here's the thing, like, I'm not expecting to go into an AD and have, you know, explorers and submariners stacked one behind each other like a vending machine. All right. But I just don't want to be laughed at if if I want to buy one. There. (laughs) You know, I, I can, I could sit on the edge of my seat for like a month or two and wait. I just don't want it to be hopeless. It's funny because it's yeah. like the when people, you know, you get into watches and you learn about Rolex and you they have that bell curve where you think they're awesome and then you realize Patek Philippe and minute repeaters and all this stuff and you're like, oh, Rolex is nothing. And then eventually you come back to being like, oh, these are perfect, um, you know, sort of everyman watches. Mm-hmm. That conflicts, that everyman sort of concept conflicts with the fact that every man can't get them. You have to be some special guy who spends $200,000 in the AD every year in order to be able to get your hands on a $5,900 OP. It's kind of insane. I, yeah. So um, here's a, here's a complete off the wall theory. So several years ago, Harambe the gorilla was, was shot. <laughs> <laughs> Did he figure out the Rolex steel sports model shortage? Did he figure out where they were all going? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but maybe it's a coincidence. <sighs> I mean, you know it, what? It, yeah. I think it's a good possibility. <laughs> I'm so proud to be associated with a worldwide meme about the murder of a gorilla in our local zoo. Like, that's what we're known for because we're already such a B list city. And it's like, oh, I saw that gorilla like 11 years ago. I'm like, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Trust me, it's how I introduce myself to people that I don't know from like out of town. Like, oh, you're from Cincinnati? I'm like, oh, yeah, it's the place where the gorilla got shot. They're like, oh, yeah, I know what that is. <laughs> we, we were actually at the, at the zoo recently, which made me think of uh, of the big man. Yeah. <laughs> they have a statue to him now, don't they? Uh, I didn't notice it, but I was also just trying okay. to, like, keep my kid corralled. Uh, oh. Yeah, not, not uh... <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, so I've got another, pretty cool. I've got a fun topic. And this is, okay. is it a horror? Is it not? So 
people get very aggressive about water resistance and what it means. And like, I'm sorry, but I have a sneaking suspicion that like, so, and I get that the Speedmaster is notoriously not waterproof. So I get that. I really get that. I mean, having not owned or ruined any Speedmasters, uh, either via water or ridiculous mods, I don't really know. Um, but I've had people tell me, oh yeah, no, I, this is, this is my, you know, my, my 2009 Rolex Submariner, you know, so I'm not letting this get anywhere near water because I know they say, you know, 300 meters water resistance, but like, you know, if you fall in at the wrong angle and it's, it's like, it's a, it's a dive watch. Like, I don't understand this. There are people like in, this, that, or the other. There's a Hodinkee article about a guy who's been diving with a gold Submariner for 30 years. He's been doing like saturation. Dive. Like, there's a guy who's got a like a 30 year old gold Submariner and he dives with it. But your your you know your 2009 steel sub that you got. I don't want to take it anywhere near the pool because you know just in case I get I get knocked into the wrong. Like if if I do anything, anything near water that he like. Let's be real. I get speedies again. 50 meters and that's kind of questionable and I get Dustin with his Gronfeld with the 30 meters but like if I have a wall that has 100 meters of water resistance it's 330 feet folks the farthest down I've ever been in a pool is 14 feet and I had to swim down to get there so like if I'd ever do anything that simulates 300 feet of water resistance I've got some severe other problems for the rest of my body that like my watch is the least of my concerns. Like, can we talk about how aggressive people get with this? Okay, <laughs> two two carve outs here. Number one, jet ski. Okay, not, I'll give you not, that. Not upset. If I biff it on a jet wear ski, your G wear your G Shock. Like yeah. that just should be that should just be known. <laughs> by, by the way, ruining a watch, falling off a jet ski. It's the only way to be sad on a jet ski. You're always, you? you're always pumped <laughs> to be on a jet ski. Very true. Although, can we just also say, speaking of disappointments on jet skis, we missed the boat on calling them boater cycles. I've seen that somewhere. <laughs> Let's be real. They should have been called boater cycles. <laughs> oh, Lord. That's awesome. Right? Yeah. Um, my, my other carve out, and um, I'm guilty of this one, um, so like my my uh brightling colt chrono is i think it's 100 meters but the pushers are not screwed down i have such a phobia about like pronate pronating my wrist back if that's not the correct term guess what i'm i'm i don't know those terms so at me all you want um but like accidentally hitting one of those things like when it's underwater and uh messing it up so that's that's one that uh even though it, it supposedly has the goods i i take it off you know anytime i'm around water okay well if we're on this topic of water resistance and nonsense when it comes to watches <laughs> We're always on the topic of nonsense, Evan. Yeah, I don't think it's ever not been nonsense, <laughs> but yes. Yeah, that's why I like. What, why are there chronograph pushers on a dive watch? You know? <laughs> you're not, you're not going to use those in the water. Like, you're going to destroy your watch once you press it down. Isn't there a, an Omega that you can do? Well. I've yeah. got that uh, the Tudor, the black 
decked out chronograph that has the yeah, Daytona style yeah. pushers. Oh, yeah. that you screw down. So I'm swaying that. Um, you know, the pushers screw down. I'm just kind of sort of trusting that that's why it does that. Now I'm not underwater timing anything like, you know, but, uh, um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I got an idea though. You don't need to be like, yeah, so here you go. I have an idea. So we, so the marathon seesaw that we had in for review, which was a big boy. Yeah. It was, it was. A big boy watch for people who do big boy activities. My only thought there is with that, I don't know if you could like use the chronograph underwater but I feel like if you're a rescue swimmer and you're wearing that, you could unscrew it, press it down, screw it back in, jump in the water, and you're off by like five seconds. Like, is that really that big yeah. deal? Like, you could you could time something before you jump in the water. Like, I feel like that's what those are for. Maybe I don't know. It just it yeah. It, it seems kind of ridiculous, but um, yeah, I don't quite know. Where I, I love I love chronographs. Love them to death. Favorite style of watch. But like. Dive watches don't need it. Call them old fashioned. I I waffle back and forth so hard on screw down pushers versus non because yeah they are a pain to use, but uh, it's nice having that little security blanket. And uh, some some days I am so against them, and other days I completely get it and wish they all screwed down. I mean, if you could just get some clarity around what a hundred meters of water resistance actually meant, maybe you wouldn't be that concerned about whether or not they were screwed on pushers. Because I feel like I feel like your your tutor has two hundred meters of water resistance, doesn't it? Are you asking me? I think I am. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I have no clue. Because I feel like it has. So I have the I have the original. I have the actual Black Bay, like just the the regular, like the the non chronograph version. And I feel like they have the same amount of water resistance. And that's because of this great on pushes. But the weird thing is, so I have the fast rider, the black shield. That watch has 150 meters of water resistance, which is pretty impressive for non-screw down pushers. I yeah. still haven't swam in it. And I don't plan on ever actuating the chronograph underwater. But I don't know. I feel like, I just feel like if a watch company is going to put water resistant to this many meters on a watch, if I get in a pool, it should, it should be okay. Like, I just, like, I'm not doing anything like, and let's be honest, I've got little kids. Half the time, my hands are above water because I'm holding on to somebody or trying to keep right. them from drowning. Like, like my hands are not ever fully submerged consistently. <laughs> and at most it's like two and a half feet. Like my 150 meters should be okay. Well, I, that's the thing. I, I trust the depth rating. I know exactly what the depth rating means, right? We're, we're looking at, at static pressure at the, at that depth. So you can figure Fair. out eight pounds per gallon weight of water and, and do all, do all your fun calculations. My, my concern is always that I'm going to hit it and inadvertently actuate it. And without knowing about how it's sealed are you using o-rings are you using cup seals any of that stuff how you know how, how the stem is machined uh, it just seems like a whole, get, uh... whole bunch of nope you know i, I don't want to know that and i don't want to harm my watch wear it on your left wrist or your right wrist then mm. life hack oh yeah that's a good point really hard to, really hard to actuate if it's facing the other way 
I don't think I can work up the uh, the uh, the momentum. You guys ever have that dream where you get in a fight underwater? You feel like you're you just can't move your arm fast enough. I just don't know if I could clip something hard enough to engage it. That's a good point. Did you bend your wrist? Back one. Up, though? I don't know. Yeah, it's Maybe. it's a phobia. I, I don't think it's necessarily rooted in reality, but it's can, a phobia. I <laughs> can I throw a wrench at you? Go oh, sure. Hot tub. Hmm. The heat, the heat of a hot tub, and affecting the two hundred two hundred meters underwater in a hot tub. Okay, go. <laughs> I mean, like that's a long way to swim down. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm blowing that one up. But yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I don't, I never worry about the water resistance. I just genuinely don't. I mean, if if it's something, if I'm you know, t- typically playing me go in the water, I'm going to wear something appropriate for it. You know, I'm just trying to think of any scenario, you know, maybe the hot tub where it's swelling and shrinking or whatnot could, uh, but uh, again, extraordinary circumstances, not something I'm going to factor into, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, yes, if I'm going to the pool, there's a good chance I'm putting on a dive watch and regard, like if that dive watch has been regularly serviced within reason and isn't a valuable, expensive, vintage dive watch like this guy the spb 149 he's going to the pool all day like he <laughs> like he is we're going to the deep end we are going to the bottom like we are doing all the things because it is a seiko diver and it should be bulletproof in the water yeah exactly I mean, like it's like it should be like you should be able to drop this down into the deep end of the bottom like the bottom of the deep end and like swim down and go get it and it should be just fine because that's only like 15 feet of water oh, yeah. um so just yeah that that one that one blows my mind um oh i know we're we're over an hour in but we have to talk about it we have to talk about it are black dial watches universal or not can you wear them with anything <laughs> this has been i know i can see i can see everybody rolling their eyes at me anybody who listens from the group chat knows that this topic is coming because I'm coming at him because I think, and I've read and I strongly agree that like, if you were going to buy one watch to be your everyday watch, that watch should most likely have a black dial because you can wear a black dial watch with anything. Go. Well, I True. mean, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Confirmed. Accurate. <laughs> okay. Well, here, here's, here's my thoughts on this. Because I, I thoroughly believe that you shouldn't be wearing navy blue with black clothing-wise. Like, I would never do that. Like, it just seems, I don't know, it makes me cringe thinking about it. But when it comes to watches, like, here, I'm going to put my Speedmaster up here. So everyone can see it, right? This mm-hmm. is a black-dialed watch, and I have it on a brown strap. Now, like, clothing-wise, I wouldn't wear a black shirt with, like, brown pants. Nope. It looks weird. I would not wear but... brown shoes with a black belt. That's a terrible idea. Or vice versa. Yeah. yeah, right? So there are some combos that just, like, I don't know. But when it comes to watches, like, brown straps are kind of just, like, classic, you know? So I think it gets away with it on that front. Um, now, when it comes to matching with clothes and stuff, I, I don't know. Like, I don't personally think too much into it, but clearly somebody does. Oh, <laughs> Rick. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It made me think. It's I've still been thinking about it, honestly, because I'm like, I would never wear that stuff clothing-wise, so why am I letting myself do it with my watches? But I don't know. It's still something I think about. <laughs> I, yeah, I, mean, I can't I, give you a good answer. I don't know. <laughs> so the funny so, thing about that is I agree with you on the strap. Like that that brown strap looks great on the Speedmaster that you've ruined. Um, <laughs> Some say it's been ruined, but go on. Just mess with you because it's, it's, <laughs> it's just fun to do. But here's the funny thing. Like it's got a black dial and you have a brown strap on it. If you had the brown strap on it, I wouldn't wear it with like – like if I was wearing – like normal go to the office clothes. So wearing a sport jacket, slacks, and a shirt. I wouldn't wear that with the brown strap if I wasn't wearing brown shoes, which is oh, weird. Yeah. So like no. bl- that black dial watch on a black strap with black shoes, just fine. But like black dial watch on a brown strap has to be brown shoes. Like it's 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 a weird <laughs> like thing. So like I get where he's coming from. But like, I don't think it's the dial. I think it's the rest of the like. I think it. I, I think the dial is kind of exempt. I don't know. Yeah, I I actually was going to see, look up my copy of Dressing the Man: Mastering the Art of Permanent Fashion by Alan Flusier to see if he had anything in there about uh, you know watch dial colors. But Buzzy with had, the references. Yeah, I yeah, really had anything had so many things better to do than you know look up uh some obscure stuff in an obscure book i think it's kind of a zero-sum game because i could wear tie-dye pants with a black dial watch and brown suede shoes and i don't think every man joe on the street is going to come up to me and be like you know you're really really clashing right now my boys will (laughs) But they're gonna give me. They're gonna find a way to give me shit, no matter what I do. So, you know, it's true. Well, I guess we can all agree that when it comes to watches and what colors you wear them with, it's all kind of just a personal thing. I think there was a rule (laughs) that that the black (laughs) dial is a perfect basis for doing what you have to do to to make the the rest match. Okay, I, I have yes. one one last uh, you know spooky thing and it's because I've never have have heard someone yeah you know, I've never heard this happening to someone but you see the warnings all the time so I don't know I don't know whether it's an urban legend or not any of our watchmaker friends or other enthusiasts chime right in um, hit us up with some comments. If you actually read instructions with your watch, a lot of them will have warnings about changing the date too close to midnight. Like, can I've, and I've heard certain movements have like a little bit less clearance at certain points, but has anyone, do you know anyone that has ever messed up their watch by setting it just at the wrong time? Personally, I've never messed it up. Me neither. I mean, and those in the early days when I didn't know that that was a rule and I kind of just set it whenever, it never got messed up. So I don't, I don't know. Because I've heard that rule too. 
I want someone to ask uh, Matt about that and find out if that's true or not, because along with those watch, pic- watch pictures, I'm constantly setting it to 1010. So I might, it Thank might be midnight, it might be noon, I'm going backwards. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've definitely done it before, but I've never, ever seen a lasting effect. Okay, wait, wait. Now, now that we're on this topic. <laughs> I knew this was coming. <laughs> now that we're on this topic here. What? Kid Wizzle, what do you think about watch pictures when the hands aren't set to ten ten? Hey, hold on, I how, hold it. on, hold on. How about how about one fifty or two something like that? Yeah, two or one. Yeah, one fifty or yeah, whatever. Whatever the you know the boo. Yeah, yeah. yeah, whatever those the times are. There, there is like a formula that I see people talk about all the time, and it's like ten ten, and it might be thirty one or thirty two seconds. Like it even comes down to the seconds hand. Like if you look at stock photos oh, yeah. from like watch brands, they do that all the time. Um, I think there's really no, I mean, it's just about the balancing of your photo. You know what I mean? If you, if you had it set at like 1040 and your watch was, I don't want to get too granular. I'm going to sound crazy, but like if your watch is overbalanced <laughs> on the right side of your image, you know, that might be okay. Yeah. But um, I, I think that the, the hand position is fine. It probably doesn't stick out to anybody. It's the, the same sort of paranoia that you get if you're like posting a photo and the date's wrong on that day. No one notices. Like no one knows. That's not true. I got called um, on for September 30th. <laughs> yes, I love that. <laughs> it just gets weird when they're overlapping. Like if, if if all the hands are stacked together, that's very obvious. You know what I mean? But it, that can even be a cool effect sometimes. With like especially some of like the Seiko models where you can make it look like a rocket ship or something like that when you set them up so well i mean the tutor models with a stacked hand look pretty good with the snowflake they do but i like to i don't like to cover up the uh the the logo or i don't like to cover up the date or have the hand in the cyclops so especially the batman like oh my gosh you've got four hands and you have to figure out how to not cover up the date not cover up the rolex not cover up the chronometer you know what i mean it's like basically making an x on the dial to make sure that you can you know get a clean image but Again, I'm neurotic about it. So, so you don't participate in the stacked hands challenges then, or the follow the new stacked hands account. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while, but I, but I since you said that, kind of stacked hands over here. I will. I'm going to go full bore on a stacked hand macro just for you, and I'll tag everyone. Nice. You should do that. <laughs> Spangler and I have gone back and forth because he refuses to use the photos that I take of the watches that we have for review. Uh, on our website because he's like you didn't you didn't set the watch to 10 10 i was like or 10 whatever i was like dude what is it is. no that's what and the fact that he is telling you that's what, hold on hold on but my favorite thing is is we all know we we've been criticized about how critical we are of a certain uh website that may or may not sell watches and travel clocks um and, and spangler, insurance now and insurance but spangler has been the person who is the most critical of them but the first text message I got back is, why does that matter? Well, dude, that's what Hodinkee does for all the pictures. And I was like, really? You of all people are telling me that Hodinkee does this for all of their pictures. And you're t- like, you, the, the person on our podcast who rags on them the most is telling me, well, this is what Hodinkee does. Well, I mean, they got to be successful somehow. <laughs> that's what it is. That's the reason why they're where they're at and where we're at is because they're taking all their photos at 1010. <laughs> yes. And the copious amounts of sweaters. I think that probably plays play, plays a factor too. I don't know how it does. I'm gonna figure it out one day. I I kind of like uh, the successor, the the slacked hands. Where <laughs> that one was pretty good. That was that was so funny. 
because uh, obviously I'm just here for the laughs, people. And, uh, <laughs> you know. Like they're, all, they're close. They're almost, it's like, eh, yep. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's something I could get behind. That's uh, just, yeah. No, there's, I mean, I feel like these, these, these are more, more pet peeves than horological horrors because we haven't really like, uh, uh, no, wood watches are terrible. Yeah, it was a horror show. <laughs> they're just they're so bad. They're really bad. Although, okay, and I, I will say this, I will say this, not the new one, not the one that Spangler tried on because all this meant with this one is it had a green dial and it was actually probably the best looking dial combination. But holy God, some of the Breitling for Bentley combinations that they have come out with. Oh. And I mean, I know Kid was, I know you 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 like Breitling. I know Buzzy's got a soft spot for Breitling. There's, about- there's some stuff that they make that is that is spot on, but like the monstrosity that they have that's like the 46 millimeter chrono that looks like a wheel. Like, oh my goodness, those things are oh. Breitling for Bentley in like the late 2000s. Mm. I, so I, I looked looked that up because I was wondering like it's that's been around a long time like since the first time that I was in into watches back like around 08 mm-hmm. and they've actually been doing that collaboration for 18 years I, I saw wow. I looked it up on their website but then I looked at they actually have some really tasteful restrained chronos that they just came out with this year that are gorgeous and I this year, and I said that was this the year. exception was yeah. this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that almost parlays into a horror, like partnering with like a specific car company. Where are you going to buy one of those? I'm like, yeah, it's a Bentley, Breitling. I drive a Corolla. You know, <laughs> I don't know how to get around that. Like Zenith made that Range Rover chronograph, and it's mm-hmm. so good looking. But it says Range Rover on the dial. I drive a yeah. Kia. You know, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. Like, so the funny thing is, is and I think we talked about, and I, James Stacy maybe even talked about this. He was really into, and they, for what they are, some of the Ublo Ferrari chronographs. Like, if I was, if if I was looking at an Ublo, there are a couple of them. They're like, yeah, I could, like I could see that. Like that's, but like, I guess your only way around that is, is it's like for the racing team. So like being a Scuderia Ferrari fan is different than like having a Ferrari kind of, I guess. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I could ever like, I mean, and no one's buying the, the, the Chevy or the Ford because those are not expensive. Like those are not what, although let's be real. If Seiko did something with a, like a normal car company, like all over it, all over it. And, and I will say this in car and driver, cause I'm a avid car and driver reader. Um, there was a, a Seiko ad and that one of the, one of their brand ambassadors is Novak Djokovic, which how, yep, yep. yep okay, I see all of you. Yep. You probably know exactly which ad I'm talking about then kid whistle, don't you? It's Novak Djokovic. And he's got on the new King turtle. The one that has nice. like the grenade dial with the Cyclops and the ceramic insert. And I was like, Man, my man, like I don't know how how Djokovic, who is one of the three best tennis players in the world for the last probably decade, like like Federer is got Rolex and all his stuff, and I, obviously Nadal is a big Richard Meal ambassador, and then you got Novak who's with Seiko, 
<laughs> like, I don't know how he, how did AP miss him, man? Like, how did, how did fans miss this guy? And he's, he's a Seiko. And like, I love that. Like, he, like, He's rocking a, pro, a prospects, which is cheaper than the prospects that I'm wearing right now, and it's just like this is awesome. Uh, at least it's not an Astron because I don't I don't get all into all the GPS stuff, but like he's got a he's got an automatic like five hundred dollar prospects on his wrist, like that is so cool. <laughs> I, I could see I could see a Seiko, even though they don't make them anymore, like Honda S two K collab. Oh yeah. Like to, oh, I put a high beat movement in there, just like the oh. uh, the F twenty engine in it. Yeah, talk about yeah, something that t- titanium. Slim, slim it down, Seiko Super Legera. Oh yeah, <laughs> Dude. that's awesome. Talk about talk about two things that should happen. One, they should bring back the S two thousand and make a watch that goes with it. Yes, <sighs> I used to be a valet and. Uh, that was, I, I got, that's the first time I first and only time I ever got to drive an S2000 and it was one of the worst days of my life when I realized that I don't fit like they are so small <laughs> <laughs> you're not a short dude uh, granted I'm incredibly large yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a big guy so uh, not the not the not the guy that you want to measure the leg room by but <laughs> I can remember mm-hmm. the guy I saw him. He was in a smart for two and he probably weighed 350 pounds. He was probably about six, six and he had a vanity plate and the vanity plate said, yes, I fit. (laughs) I'm not kidding. I saw him on the highway on I 80 in Northern Indiana. And I laughed for the next two miles. (laughs) Cause he got it. Self-aware. He got it. Self-awareness is a great thing. It really is. So. Well, I don't think that we really can top that. Yeah. I mean, there's really nowhere to go. So I I know we spooked out. Yeah. We, we joked that Zach was the first person to swear on episode 10. He was also the first person to drop a couple of very big swear words on a couple episodes ago. Kid Wizzle, you may have, and I, I know we helped quite a bit, but you may take the crown on the longest episode we have done. Just looking at the running time right now, um, you might, you might, uh, might have some bragging rights. Yeah, so, what can I say? I'm very interesting. All right, keep it going. <laughs> it was inevitable we go this long, right? Yeah, just just talking about stuff that we like or don't like. Um, so, but no, I mean, uh, obviously, it's been. Uh, it's been fun getting to know you and also been fun uh, having you on. We'll have to have you back and maybe dive a little deeper on some stuff that we actually like instead of things that we think are bad, but you know, <laughs> yeah. a fun episode yeah, for Halloween. I'd love to come <laughs> with a, a positive. Uh, no, I think I'm the perfect guy for a negative themed episode. So. <laughs> it wasn't really negative. It was just like, I mean, come on. Can we just, I mean, again, wood watches. Like I keep coming back to this. They're just they're like, <laughs> I mean, I guess the only thing I think of is like in a survival scenario, could you use it as kindling? Like, is that like what you should be like? I know Richard Mill had the one with like the, the water pellet purification. Like, no, I need a watch that I could like literally throw in there and be like, I'm going to light this on fire and then like I'm going to survive. Like maybe like you pull out a link and it starts like, – each link starts – I don't even know. I'm really grasping at straws here, but <laughs> – I want to call – I want to call – Oh, God. 
<laughs> I feel like there may be a wood a wood watch in your uh, stocking stuff for Spence to watch out. I sure hope. <laughs> oh, I'm getting one now. <laughs> wood watch uh, go with a I mean a diesel, right? I thought you were going to call me out for having previously owned a diesel. I thought someone ratted me out for that. I was going to say, I didn't want to do that. I'll bury it in the episode, but I was going to say, has anybody here owned a diesel? (laughs) (laughs) Somebody told me to call you out on that. I didn't want to do it because I wanted to be a nice guy, but you brought it up. So which one? I don't know. I don't know. What do you want me to quote you the reference number? It was purple. (laughs) It was uh, like a literally. I'm not kidding. How big it was, was it? about the size of a, it was about the size of a G-Shock, like those DW5600s. It was completely silicone. Um, it was purple silicone, and uh, but yeah, it, it wasn't insanely sized or anything like that. But uh, it was one of those impulse. I saw it. It was a thousand percent off at uh, Kohl's or whatever, and I bought it. And uh, it's <laughs> like I probably got more compliments on that watch than any other watch I've ever. <laughs> so maybe I'm doing this wrong. I don't know. <laughs> you got more compliments on that than the Batman. That's insane. <laughs> oh yeah, no one ever noticed. Just no one knows. <laughs> that's a great. I think that's that is what we needed. To, that's that's what yeah. we got right there. So, <laughs> he got more compliments on his Diesel than on his Batman. <laughs> and on that, oh the horror! <laughs> that, that that in and of itself is the biggest horror that we've heard tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was great that's a great way to end um well again kid Wizzle, we really appreciate you coming on um obviously everybody's heard us talk about your handle so they can all obviously find you and your amazing photography skills at kid Wizzle on instagram um pleasure having you on buddy uh we'll have to have you on again because this is a ton of fun and again we always joke it's these have turned into when we've had buddies on locally here like little mini red bar meetups so just, yeah, it's just true. like you know we all miss this and since I don't know when this will happen, will we be able to have one in person again? Uh, it's it's fun to have uh, friends on the show because you don't have to have the awkward like feeling people out. It's like I I know exactly like not exactly like I kind of know where this is gonna go, <laughs> and, yeah. and that's what we had hoped for. So uh, it's been a pleasure having you on, and we uh, we hope everybody enjoyed this. And if you guys have horological horrors you want to send us, like I don't know if we're gonna do another episode or not about this, but like I would love to read like other crazy stuff that have happened or that people don't like. Cause like, I just think it's a great, it's just fun. Like the hobby is supposed to be fun. There's things we like, there's things we don't like. It's fun when we can talk about things we don't like and or things that we do like or mistakes we've made because yeah, we all learn as we go. Shoot. He's had more people compliment him on a diesel than a Batman. Just, <laughs> just let that sink in for a second. <laughs> anyway. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed that. It was a lot of fun. So thanks, everybody. Yeah, appreciate you. Thanks, guys. Take it easy. See you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. If you like what you hear, please take the time to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. We are enthusiasts, not experts, so don't at us but you can find us on Instagram at whiskey.and.watches.podcast. Also, visit our website at zeitzwatches.com. Zeitz is spelled Z 
E-I-T-Z. 